Welcome everyone to Know The Brand Podcast, a podcast designed to champion and support gender inclusion in business. Welcome everyone. I'm Julia, your host, a social entrepreneur dedicated to helping women in business. Join me and my fantastic guest to find out more about gender inclusion and to be inspired by their incredible stories. Hello, everyone. Today, we have with us Dr. Ingrid Mura. Ingrid is going to tell us about her journey as an entrepreneur, as someone that managed to really raise some big, big capital for her business and the challenges that she has faced in this journey. Hi, Ingrid. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's very interesting to have a, pers- a person like you on our podcast because, as you know, I want to use this podcast to inspire other women, other female entrepreneurs, and I think your journey will really resonate with them and can really inspire them to take those steps to become, you know, to achieve the success, whatever success means to them. So can you tell us a bit about your background, about your company? How do you get there? Yeah, for sure. So. Um, I'm an orthodontist by trade, so I spent 20 years of my life studying to become an orthodontist, Um, and then I basically, in that path, realized that there is a mismatch in, you know, the number of people who actually want to straighten their teeth and um, the providers out there. I basically realized that a lot of people really weren't going about straightening their teeth the right way um, because there's a lot of false advertisement out there. So um, I realized when I was in residency that to get high quality care, when you're straightening your teeth, you really do need an orthodontist. Um, And I learned that firsthand. And you need an orthodontist who specializes in Invisalign if you're trying to straighten your teeth with clear liners over braces. So I started a company called Two Front, which basically matches orthodontists with dental offices so that orthodontists can run high quality hybrid dental practices uh, from their local dental offices so that one orthodontist can basically run their practice from 20 offices near them. Um, so it's a little bit of like Uber meets Airbnb, but for <laughs> orthodontists. That uh, sounds great. So just to, for people, they don't know how much, as much as about uh, teeth and uh, how it works. So you normally will go to a dentist and the dentist will put something in your mouth, but that might not be the exact solution. And trust me, I totally relate to that because when I was young, they <laughs> destroy my teeth. Right? Not everybody, but I had a dentist in particular that I don't think really understood what the problem was. Uh, so I can see where the mismatch might be. And so you provided these services basically matches the, the person as a need, the dentist practice that see the need and with the, the other orthodontist that can actually fix the problem in the best way. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And also to provide to, as a patient, if you were, if you are trying to get really high quality care, when you're straight in your teeth, it's a, it's a long process. It can take anywhere from six months to two years. And there's a lot that happens along the way. And so through our platform, we basically streamlined the experience so that you can have the lowest cost, you know, the, the fewest in-person appointments, because we have this great digital platform where your orthodontist can check in on you and a great communication platform. So you always have access to your orthodontist. And so you as a patient are getting the best experience when you're straight in your teeth with a two-front orthodontist. 
Oh, fantastic. So I don't even have to go into the clinic and make an appointment and all of this. I can just do everything online or some of the appointments online. Yeah, you can do a lot of the appointments online. And basically the average patient with us comes in like four to eight times in person over the course of their treatment, as opposed to every single month, which is like what a traditional orthodontist does. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So not fun. No, it's not fun. No, it might take even more than three years. Uh, But um, okay, so when this idea came about and how did you start it? It started when I was in, excuse me, it started when I was in residency. You know, I, I had worked literally my whole life to become an orthodontist. And I realized that the way people are straining their teeth in the world isn't, it not only isn't giving them results, but it's actually damaging them. So that's when I realized, like, I can't just go out there and start a traditional practice because people are getting harmed all over the world. Um, so that's when the idea first came. That was seven years ago. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, it took me a long time to kind of figure out like, what does it mean to run a business? How do you raise venture capital money? Um, you know, what to do with that money, how to prioritize, how to effectively distribute it, how to manage your cash, <laughs> um, how to effectively prioritize what it's going to add enterprise value to your company so that you can actually move on to the next step and raise your next round of capital and continue growing. Um, So we raised our first round of capital in 2019, pivoted through two different business models and landed on one that worked last year. And we raised our second round of capital in December. Fantastic. And so in total, uh, you you raised almost just over $5 million. Is that okay? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. And so you say we, so you refer to you and your team. Did you start already with your team? Or you start your your journey by yourself and then got people involved along the way? I started the journey by myself. I wish I would have had like, you know, that magical unicorn co-founder from the beginning. I didn't. Um, And our team has been what, you know, the the oldest person on our team has been with us since August of 2021. Okay. So almost a full year. Okay. And so how do you select people to join you in this journey? Because it must be like, it's your baby. And then all of a sudden you are taking people on board and how is being, how do you find that part of the journey? Um, I figured out what I needed to hire for. So, so, you know, if I need someone to handle our patient experience, or if we need someone to run the clinical side of things, or if we need someone to find us more dental offices, basically I find people who specialize in that and who have done it before um, and are driven by our mission and want to work for a small company, (laughs) which is its own, you know, kind of beast of an operation as opposed to working for like, you know, an established company like Apple. Um, And yeah, go from there and then make sure that we hire people who have the right values that, you know, leave all value and can kind of jam and work together with our team. I love that you talk about this because, uh, as you know, uh, this podcast is called Know the Brand because uh, the, all the origin starts from understanding your branding and values and, you know, and, and uh, the, the mission of the company is very much part of it. Uh, and 100%. so you, Exactly. So how what, what are your values? What is your mission? And how do you make sure that people that join you share the same uh, the same perspective, if you want? Yeah, yeah. You know, our our mission is really it's we're we're serving three sides of the market. So, you know, patients, dentists, and orthodontists. So we're we're helping so many different people here. 
Um, the biggest customer that we're helping, I mean, it's or the, the highest number is patients, like helping patients achieve the smile that they're looking for and get the confidence that they're looking for um, by giving them access to high quality care when over 90% of people out there are not getting high quality care. Um, our mission is also to empower the small business owner. You know, orthodontists in the United States, especially, are over $500,000 in student debt. A lot of orthodontists are close to a million dollars in student debt. And so it's really like empowering the provider to be able to, you know, live the American dream out here of like running a business and being able to be independent and achieve financial independence without going about it the traditional way of having to take on another half a million dollars in student debt to start a clinic, hire a team, do all these things they've never done before. And frankly, like aren't adding value to their business because they're trying to, you know, figure out how to run a business, make money, see patients, pay their overhead, hire, fire, manage inventory, you know, manage finances, manage legal compliance. They've never done any of this before. So what really, what we're really trying to do is run all of that for them while they have the independence that they're looking for and can achieve the financial stability that they're looking for by operating through our platform. That's fantastic. And so what are, what are the values that you seek in people that join your, uh, your business? Yeah. Um, so I think one value um, is being laser focused on being solutions oriented. Um, you know, like we are constantly solving problems. Every single day we're solving problems. So how can we make sure that instead of focusing on the process or the paperwork, we're actually going for the gold and, and solving the solution as efficiently as possible in a way that really kind of, you know, we can scale. Um, I think embracing a sustainable grind, you know, uh, working in a startup is not easy. <laughs> there's, there's never, you don't have a team behind you. Every person, you know, sub 30 people, you know, you're kind of working on your own little island. Like if you're in marketing or sales or patient experience or clinic, you know, you, you're, you're on an island. You don't have managers underneath, or, you know, you don't have too many managers above you or anything. So you have to be super independent and also understand that you're always having something on your list. So being able to work sustainably and continuously grind for the larger mission is huge. Um, celebrating wins and failures. <laughs> wins and failures happens every, happen every single day. Like, how do we make sure that we're celebrating those every single day? Because um, failures are a good thing. If you're, fail, if you're failing, it, makes, it means that you're, you figured something out that's not going to work, which is great. That's a learning. It just means you can move on to the next um, opportunity to try to solve something. So we really, we can definitely do a better job of this. I think every single day, I hope that we can celebrate the wins and celebrate the failures. Um, but that's something that I find really, really important because the journey is crazy. And so you got to be able to celebrate every single day. Fantastic. And I love the celebrating the, the actually the failures. This is a, is a concept that is, is challenging because we, nobody wants to fail in principle. Uh, now you are in the US. I can tell you that Europe in that sense, from a cultural point of view, we, we, are, we tend to be a little bit more uh, uh, risk adverse if you want. Yeah. Uh, but it's very important to, to embrace risk and to embrace uh, the challenges because otherwise you're not going to grow. You're not going to find new solutions. Exactly. As you exactly. Say. So it's fantastic that you celebrate the failures. Now, my question is, do you think all your managers will be able, especially when you scale up, 
will be able to keep this, you know, this fantastic uh, uh, open mind, uh, mindedness about it. Because I think it's easy to forget to celebrate the wins, uh, the, the, the failure. And we might focus more on why it went wrong. What could you have done better? Uh, how do you think you're going to go about uh, making sure that everybody joins the, the team will uh, will keep this uh, this uh, approach to failure? Uh, it's a really good question. I honestly think like keeping it at the forefront of every conversation, like every single little thing that happens, being able to like celebrate it, like celebrate every single little thing um, and keeping it at the forefront. I, I mean, I think that's it. It's just making sure that people know it every single day and repeating it every single day. And I'm definitely guilty as charged, even talking about this. I'm like, we've got to do this more every single day. <laughs> it's hard. I think you have to keep it like at the top of your mind and like, Every every time we do something, like celebrate it. I think it's so important. I'm I'm as guilty as charged. I usually go from I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool, and then next challenge, and you forget actually to stop. That it's so hard. And say no, wait, that was actually cool, and it's worth to celebrate it. And and we, it's very important to remind that because otherwise we really jump from from challenge to challenge, and then it becomes very hard to keep, you know, the momentum, and especially as entrepreneurs, as the you know, we all know it's ups and downs, up and downs all the time. If we just focus on the downs, well, we're going to forget very soon about the ups and it becomes a much tougher journey. Now, yeah, 100%. you... 100%. Um, sorry, one thing I, I really interested me, you said that you managed to take uh, people that uh, uh, were uh, uh, from big companies like Apple uh, and convince them to join a small startup. Uh, what do you think is the secret to attract people like this? What, what, what did you offer to them that uh, was so attractive? Um, I think it's a combination of things, but it really has to do with, I think it, it's so hard. Like I think every single day is so hard in a startup that you got to be focused on the, on what you're solving. Like what is the problem that you're solving? Like, so, which I think just translates into being mission oriented. Like how are we changing the world through this company? How can I find purpose in changing the world by solving this issue, you know, at large? And I love you talk about uh, changing the world because obviously, um, you know, what I work in gender inclusion. So I talk a lot about changing the world, changing for the, for the, for the next generations. And then when I ask to my clients, uh, uh, you know, what is your purpose for your business, for instance? And I say, okay, well, don't ask me to change the world because that's, you know, I'm not you, I'm not what you're doing. But actually changing the world doesn't mean necessarily having a social cause. Changing the world can be provide a smile to a person uh, in a way that actually you know, works for them and in the in the process, uh, helping these small businesses, as you were saying. So changing the world is not just about social, right? It's about your purpose. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Like, it's all about the purpose. Like, the work, I think something I've realized, like, you know, I, I've met people who have said, like, you know, I hate, like, work. <laughs> but, like, that's if, if you don't have a purpose. Like, all work is hard. Like, work isn't easy. Like, there's there's nothing about, like, sending an email or, like, coordinating something that's easy. And I think no matter what, if you are living in a capitalist society, work is going to be hard. But if you're doing it for a reason, if you're, like, if you're going to sleep at night and you're, like, that hard work that I did is going to change people's lives, that's where it makes a massive difference. And that's where you can really find meaning in your work. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that because that is what I advocate all the time. So great to hear from you. Now, I would like to go back a little bit about your venture capital experience because you probably know that women really struggle to get, uh, you know, investments. Like in 2021, only 2.3% of all the money that were raised was given to female founders. So the fact that you managed to raise so much money uh, I think it would be very interesting for us to understand how you did it and if you encounter particular challenges that might, you might want to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very real reality. You know, I'm a Latin American woman. Latin American women, like, get nothing. Um, I was told I was the 48th Latin American woman to raise over $1 million. Um, it's pretty crazy. Like, I, I'll tell you, like, it's... Um, it's, you don't think about it when you're running a business day to day, like it doesn't affect me whatsoever. And then when I go to fundraise, like I'm just telling a story and like, you know, I, I think pitching people on a vision and like, you just can't think about your gender. Like, don't think about your gender, your, you know, your color, anything, just do your absolute best, you know, like, like tell your story super well, like do what you got to do. And that's it. But the reality is that it's harder. The reality is, is like, you're probably going to have to work harder because there's probably going to be some bias out there. I, the research proves that uh, most, uh, most times, like women tend to be asked uh, uh, questions like, oh, how do you do with failure? Uh, what are the challenges you see in your, uh, in, in your idea? While men are asked questions more like, show me the sky, tell me what the vision is for you. So there is a bit of, oh, my favorite one, how are you going to uh, balance uh, family and, uh, and business, which men are never asked, but that is also in business. Did you uh, receive any of these kind of questions? Was it your experience or, or, or not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, oh, okay. you, should be <laughs> you should be prepared for the worst. You know, like I think um, I always say like one of the best resources for fundraising, everything's online. Like Google is your number one best employee and your best friends, <laughs> your best friends. So, so when it comes to fundraising, it's the same thing. You know, like it's, it's, I think the best source for like the fundraising questions you're going to get is nfx.com, which is a big venture capital firm in San Francisco. They just list it all out there. Like they have 40 questions of whatever is going to ask you have answers, have canned answers to each of them, practice them, you know, day and night. Um, and then first round capital is another one that has just like a bunch of amazing canned questions where you can just come up with your answers. If you can just nail the answers to all those questions, not only is it going to help you actually raise venture capital, it's going to help you build a better business because you should know all these things. You should know what's going to happen during a recession. What's going to, you know, what's your, how are you going to get to, how are you going to scale this thing? You know, you've got to figure out all these things anyway. So you might as well do it for your business. Okay. But do you find that the type of questions were different, were particularly focused on um, your challenges more than your vision, or that was something you didn't experience? Because that unfortunately is what most women report and most uh, research proves. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Mm. But you managed it and that was great. Uh, and so uh, what, what would be your word of advice for someone that wants to start a journey as an entrepreneur? What would be, yeah, your top tips? To be absolutely fearless and be problems, you know, be, be solutions oriented 
and don't worry about any of the drama. Like there's always going to be drama along the way, like drama, whether it's like, you know, this investor is sexist or, you know, this person, whatever drama is just like kind of, if you can ignore it all and stay focused on the solution, that is how you will build a big company. Fantastic. And what do you do when things go wrong? Like, can you share with us a moment where you were like, honestly, this is too hard. I'm going to give up. And you didn't. Um, I'll give you like a less dramatic example. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Like, so, so right now, right now, as we're speaking, we are, we have clients in LA and we missed a meeting with a client that was misscheduling this communication. My solution with everything is just to be so transparent and so vulnerable and just authentic and apologize. Like just straight up apologize. If you're ever in a situation like that, like we're all human we're all making mis- We all make mistakes. Um, if I'm ever feeling like really kind of like, oh man, it's been a crazy week, you know, whatever, just sleep, sleep is a solution. <laughs> you're going to wake up and it's going to be a better day. I love it. And I love you talk about vulnerability because that is something actually I, uh, constantly advocated there is a bit of this sense that uh, we cannot show our vulnerability we need to prove that we are perfect constantly all the time and unfortunately that is not realistically we can't be perfect we are just human that's as much as (laughs) as far as you can get and so having this ability to recognize our vulnerabilities and then obviously find the solution I think uh, is a a fantastic uh, uh, fantastic tip and um in terms of your next steps, what 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 do you see your company going from now on? Now that you have raised all of this money and you're seven in, seven years in, yeah. Um, so right now we have ten offices in LA, and we're looking to scale it to hundred offices in Southern California. And once we figure out that scale, the next milestone is scaling throughout California and then to our next state and then global. Wow. Okay. <laughs> global domination. I like it. And yeah. so, so do you think that your platform so is a, is heavily relying on, on IT for what I understand? Do you think mm-hmm. it can be used across the globe? Like the, yeah. you know, without uh, being controlled, obviously, from you, from the, from the US, but uh, applied to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this problem is happening all over the world. Patients are getting, they're either straightening their teeth by a general dentist or they're straightening their teeth in the mail. General dentists all over the world have patients asking them, how should I be straightening my teeth? Orthodontists all over the world are struggling to actually start businesses because people don't know why they need orthodontists anymore. So all over the world, we plan to connect orthodontists to local dental offices. Fantastic. Okay. And so as a a final word, can I ask you of a, a brand that you like in any field and why? Oh man. Um, let me see. Okay. I'll tell you one that just comes to mind because I yes. saw it this weekend. It's a small brand. It's called Motion. M-O-C-I-U-N. It's just like a beautiful, like unique brand of like furniture and like houseware items. And they just do a really good job of creating a really good experience when you're shopping for these things. So I look at it like, you know, once a week and I saw it in person <laughs> this weekend when I was in, in in New York. It's just an amazing brand. Like they, it just, it's all about customer experience. And that is really what makes a difference 
as the customer experience and customer experience, but also what you were saying before, also the relationship we have with your own team internally, because yeah. if you're focused only externally and you forget the people that actually allow you to support your, your customers, then, then we have another mismatch. But I think you're doing a great job there. I, I really love the, the world, the celebrating the, the failure. I'm going to mention that in future. So yeah, thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your, your experience with us. It's been really a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please support us by liking it, by subscribing to our channel, and by sharing with your friends. It might seem such a small thing, but actually it will help us a lot. And stop.